0: Navigate the journey to becoming a great lawyer, with expert guidance on topics that range from trial skills to corner office management. Here you will learn how to tap into your potential for legal greatness. I'm Andrew Smiley, and this is The Mentor, ESQ. All right, so today I'm very excited to have my longtime friend and marketing guru, Brian Cristiano joining us today on The Mentor ESQ. Welcome, Brian.
1: Andrew, I'm really excited today. This is awesome. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Well, the goal for
0: today is to talk about not only marketing, but specifically marketing for lawyers, and uh, I'm going to share my journey in the world of marketing and what I've learned over probably a little over 10 years now or more uh, in marketing, and ask your take from your seat atop the world of marketing with Bold Worldwide doing work for a lot more than law firms hardly any law firms other than ours. And I think you're the only one. <laughs> so it's just us and I think that's part of the benefit of why we've been able to do well. So tell
1: me what first let's talk about your business and what what you do. Yeah, so Bold Worldwide we are a we're we're a business solutions firm. We started as a marketing and advertising company and content firm and we've expanded over the last 10 years into really just how do we solve challenges for businesses? And so they grow. And so we're looking at, you know, what's the, where does a company need to go tomorrow? Where is it today? And then what's the strategy that's going to get them there? And then that's when we tell their story, come up with the right marketing, and then bring it out into the marketplace so they can grow, sell, and scale. Are there certain types of clients that you
0: primarily work with or types of companies? Or did you start working with certain types and have you uh, grown into different areas?
1: Yeah. Actually, when we we start, I started Bold about 10 years ago. And when we first started, we really focused in on a lot of sports, fitness, lifestyle type of brands. And so that's still a good chunk of the types of clients that we have. They're typically a lot of fun. But, you know, now 10 years later, we work with so many verticals. I mean, we, you know, we work with you. So in in the legal side, we work with, you know, big B2B billion dollar companies. We work with, you know, some sports brands and teams and, and we even do work with Alex Rodriguez? So it's kind of all over the place. It really comes down to, you know, brands and businesses and people that are really looking to grow, tell their story the right way that resonates with their customers um, and be willing to be a little creative along the way. Now, when
0: I started off, you know, as a lawyer, marketing a service is really tricky. And you and I have talked about this because it's not selling a product. I always said, man, I wish I was selling ties or widgets or anything because I could put up a website, I could put out ads, we can, uh, you know, put up terms, search terms, and then you just watch the money come in. How the hell do you sell representing injured people, right? How do do you do that? It's so tricky. Where do you see that coming in when you're looking at how to market
1: services compared to… Products. You know, it really, in, in one sense, it's completely different. In the other sense, it's very similar. Um, obviously, and sometimes I've said the same thing as you, man, I would love it to just sell like a product. It would yeah. be so much easier, right? Yeah. It's like, do you need ha- need this? I have it. Here's the price versus like, you know, a a six month negotiation for yeah. a B2B service. However, I, I think where most even marketing people get it wrong is it's really just person to person. It's human to human. Like what is the other person's need and how do you solve that need? Whether you're selling ties, well, okay, you need, you, you, why do you need the tie? That's the best way to sell it versus, okay, why do you need a law firm and what's the biggest problem that they have? and how do you solve that? And and I think from a, you know, from your perspective or from a law firm's perspective, how do you market? How do you advertise? How do you go from the service perspective? You need to build credibility in what you do the best that solves a large problem for the clients. Because even in my industry, we're talking about marketing and business services, everything's a commodity. How many lawyers are there in New York? Right. Like Thousands. thousands, right? Yeah. How many ad agencies are there in the U.S.? Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. How many B two B services? Probably tens of thousands, if not millions, of companies. Right. So it's commoditized. So the actual service that you provide of I, you know, will fight for your rights and I'll go get you money. That's a commodity because everyone does it. The actual service of you know we're going to do your marketing because you need it is a commodity because everyone does it. So what's the differentiator? And in your case, it's, you really care about the families. You really care about the outcome. You're gonna give people a real true experience of, I don't wanna say handholding, but almost that in a, in a way, you know, that, that's one of the, the areas that differentiates you from just a nameless law firm that can technically do the same stuff. Obviously, there's also, you know, in your case, how often do you win in our case? What kind of results do we get for our clients? So those are the areas that you want to focus in on, on when you are marketing. And it's about building that credibility. It's about building you know, the recognition. So when people, you know, in your case, they don't necessarily need you today when they see you. They might need you a year from now. They might need you 10 years from now, or they might know someone that needs you you a year from now. So can you build enough credibility in their mind so when they do need you, they say, I'm calling Andrew Smiley. Right, right. That's the idea. Now, what I'd like to do is for a little bit, I
0: want to share my marketing journey. For those who have been listening to The Mentor ESQ, you know that we talk a lot about lawyers' journeys to get to where they are. And I'd like to share my marketing journey because so many people in the legal field ask me, you know, what are you doing or how are those commercials working or what do you think about this? And it's taken a while to get to where I've I've come and in large part, thanks to Brian and, and your company. But where we started off as and, and I'll sh- and I'll share where th- where I think most law firms stay and don't move on, and that's the problem. A long time ago, it all started with the internet and putting out a website and hoping people would find you and then having search terms, so people and putting tags on your website and and putting out a pay per click. So you put out the terms and in personal injury law, you put out accident, accident lawyer. And I remember, you know, consulting with companies that said, oh, we can get you on these terms up at the top of the list. And all that really started changing when Google came out. And and that's sort of the basics with getting a website. And, And then where do you go from there? And a while back, our firm's real small and we relied on referrals. And what happened is my father, who started the firm a long time ago, his colleagues went to big corporate law firms. They would refer big cases to us, but they all got old. They got retired or pushed out or dying. And our case inventory was was slowing up and new cases are slowing down. And we said, listen, we need to do something. We need to get into advertising more than just having a, a good website. But what do we go on TV? It's expensive. And then we found out, well, we could probably afford to do TV, but we don't want to be one of those cheesy commercials where you know people are saying, I got my check and I'll fight for you. <laughs> so then we decided, well, if we do commercials in an above- brow and above board way, where we're giving information without a hard sell, people come to find us as an information source. And that was a real smart move because that's carried us all the way to where we are today. Mm -hmm. So we started doing commercials and that was over 10 years ago. And and it was back before Brian had this huge company with all these employees and was actually the guy out in the field with the camera. And I know you remember that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And uh, we went out on the street and we shot some commercials and we put those up and it started from there. And the commercials started to take a while. And really in all marketing, I think you need to find an audience consistently. Mm -hmm. They're going to see you for a long time. You can't just spend a lot of money and run a bunch of ads in the Super Bowl and hope you're going to get a lot of business from it. Right. So we ran commercials and then I said, all right, it's doing fine, you know, but we need more. And all these companies were coming to me, as I'm sure all you lawyers out there know, you know, the Thomson Reuters and Fine Law and the websites and these they specialize in law firm marketing and they're pitching you. And they're coming to me and they're saying, you need to get into social media. You need to do this. You need to do that. And ultimately, I didn't feel comfortable with them. And I tried a couple of things that I thought it was just a big sales pitch. So I reached out to Brian. I said, Brian... I know you uh, will tell it to me straight. You're not pitching a product. Where do you think we need to go? And I remember that conversation we had, mm-hmm. and uh, and you told me you had to get into social media, and I was hesitant, right? Yeah. And tell me, tell me what you, how you got me into it, and what we did.
1: Well, I, I if I remember correctly, I think you know you were very hesitant because because I think social media, especially in your world, right? We're talking about a very legacy industry, very traditional industry. You're way less traditional than most, but it, it it feels I think the knee-jerk reaction is social media is not where someone's going to find uh, an attorney, right? And so wh- what what I did I believe is I, I I shifted the conversation away from it really being about social media and more about where are people looking and to really think about in this case in that case in that conversation. Are people watching more TV today than they were yesterday? No. Where are they? They're on their cell phones. Their TV today is really the device we have in our pocket. You're watching Hulu and Netflix and Facebook and Instagram and so forth. And so it's not about, quote unquote, social media. It's more about how do we take your message? And in that case, how do we take your videos and just put them in front of where people are looking today? The difference being... You can't just take a straight TV commercial off TV and expect it to perform on Facebook because people don't go to Facebook to look at a 30-second ad like that. And okay. so you have to change the approach, but it's more about where are the eyeballs? Where are people looking? And it's less on TV, and it's more on you know mobile. And that was years ago, yeah. and today it's obviously even more true. And I think yeah. everybody can agree with that.
0: And I think we stumbled upon a real generational divide. You know, you have people that are probably middle-aged and older, so we're talking, what, mid-40s and higher, that still traditionally watch TV, they read newspapers still, even though they'll go online and look at stuff. And then 45 and younger, and much younger they're not even turning on a TV. Yeah. It's not even, and it's and it's sort of an acceptance of that as lawyers, we're more traditional in our methods and accepting, listen, you know, you have to go after the younger people. You have to acknowledge that they're consuming media in a different way. And that's where you were able to point me in the right direction and say, listen, you got to go to where the eyeballs are and that's online and we had to start focusing there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's just, it's less about uh, getting too caught up in, EV versus print versus social media. It's more about where are people looking, right. and how can I get in front of the right audience, the right people at the right time. And especially in your case, not just that hard call to action. I got right. my check, right. but how do you build rapport with these people that uh, may need you today or may need you five years from now, so that you get the call, and not someone else. Right. So that's what we did. And we started marketing on
0: primarily Facebook, which has still been our primary social media marketing tool. And what we do is we put out every week a weekly tip on a video and we put out a a blog post every week and it goes out on Facebook. It goes out by a weekly email and we collect everybody's emails. It's really important that you have some type of system at your law firm that uh, you record everybody's email and with a push of a button, you can blast out. So it's it's constant reminders, especially as a lawyer with a service, you need to keep reminding people what you do and that you do it. Because if if you haven't heard from me in the last month and remember that, oh, it's Andrew Smiley, and Smiley and Smiley does personal injury law. If you haven't heard from me and then you run into somebody else on the street and they're doing that type of work, or you meet them at a party, mm. you're just gonna go to them. You're not even gonna, you're gonna forget about me. So yeah. you have to constantly remind people. And so that's what we do. We, we're, we have videos and blogs every week on Facebook. We have weekly tips that people can sign up for. So every week, they're seeing something from us. It takes time. It takes work. It's hard to do on your own. I wouldn't be able to do it without you, Brian, and without your company to assist us. But that's the growth that has helped us to build our following so that we do have people call us now and say, yeah, I've been watching you for a while. I see your ads on TV. I see everything. And I always knew that if, God forbid, I needed somebody. And unfortunately, I've had a situation or a family member has and we're reaching out. And I, I love to hear that that's how they've come to us. It shows that it's working.
1: Think about this. Who has the most power when you're looking for a solution, when you're looking for an attorney or you're looking for a new car or anything, you're looking for something or you're considering something. The The, the most influential pe- people for you are going to be the first person that you talk to and the last person that you talk to. Everyone else in the middle is nearly irrelevant. They might add a little bit of context, but who do you buy from? Either the first person that you talk to, wow, you have exactly what I need, let's go, or the last person that you talk to. Right. And most people think that hey, I I put out an ad or I I talked to Andrew, he's kind of in the middle of his journey. And now you go to talk to seven other ad agencies, I'm I'm gone. I'm the last thing on your mind. And so there's really especially today, even more so today than when it was just TV and print and traditional because we are bombarded with so many messages. It's, you know, with technology today, with the data today, it's, you know, if I'm searching for an attorney, You might pop up first, and then there's 70 others that are going to pop up. And so it's, what's the differentiator? It's the consistency. So if I see you often, uh, you know, uh, consistently and often, and every week I'm getting your email, I might not even open it today. I'll give you an example, actually, which is interesting. I bought something from this commercial furniture company for our office, like probably two years ago. And I get all their, you know, I get their emails, maybe it's like once a month or so, I don't even know. I haven't unsubscribed, but I always delete it. I don't even open it. It's been two years probably since I purchased and probably two years since I opened an email. Happened to pop up in my inbox yesterday. I happened to be looking for a new conference table. They happened to have a sale. And guess what? Boom. That's who I went with. Yep. I already had the rapport. I already knew who they were. I already liked their products. It's been in the back of my head because every month I see the name of the company. I see the name of the company. I'm not opening the emails. But then when I needed it, who did I go with? Them. If they weren't in my inbox that day, I probably would have gone with whoever I was just Googling. Yep. Perfect. And that's And that's the idea. And consistency, I want to touch on that.
0: Lawyers, law firms, young lawyers with smaller budgets are always asking me for guidance on marketing. They say, listen, I, can't, I don't have a huge budget. I can't put on commercials. I can't do this or that. And my recommendation is always first figure out a budget, figure out whatever it is that you can earmark and comfortably spend, whether it's $100 a month or $5,000, whatever your range is, then explore your options on what you can spend it on. The key is, is that you have to be consistent. So you can't say, oh, I had a big case or I have an extra 10 grand. I'm going to take out the biggest ad in the New York Post and that'll, you know, I'm sure I'll get a lot of action. That doesn't work. You have to be consistent. I personally feel I'm curious what you think, Brian, that at least a six month commitment regularly, weekly to whatever you're doing is a must. And if you can't make that commitment, then you're, you, you can't hope for results.
1: I agree. I, I think that from what I've seen from from clients, billion dollar clients down to you know small startups and everyone in between, and our ourselves included who do our own marketing and content, is when you stop being consistent or when you're inconsistent, we you do something for a month or two and then you start to get some traction, you stop it. You don't ever see big results, but when it's this compounding result, it's the constant impression, it's the every week it's in my inbox, or every month it's in my inbox, and then I see you on Facebook, and then I saw your ad, and then I heard about you from here, and, and it's, it's, it's the Coca-Cola or the Pepsi factor. Why do they need to advertise? They're basically the only two brands as far. I mean, they have 95% of the market share. They could literally stop advertising tomorrow and their market share is going to be still probably 95%. Why do they still spend hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising? Because those little impressions, every time you see the logo, every time you see the bottle, it's just baking into your head for when that moment comes that you say, Hey, I want a soda you're going to choose the one that's you know baked into your head. And it's the same thing. So it, it, it's the same process. It's just, if you have a hundred bucks, you have to figure out how do I create that consistency off of a hundred? Yep. It might be doing free content and posting it on YouTube or yep. sending out emails and typing them yourself every, every week. Yeah. You have to get creative when you have less dollars, but you have to be consistent. I, I think, you know, minimum six months, if you can't commit to doing it, think about it as like working out you're not going to get six-pack abs by going to the gym three times and say it didn't work. Right, You probably have to go for more than six months depending on where you currently start <laughs> too. That's the other thing. Where are you starting from? If no one knows you, if you've had one case ever or no cases, right. you're going to have to work a lot harder than the firm that's been around for 40 years and already has they might not have six-pack abs, but they, they only need to go to the gym for a couple of weeks to get them yeah. versus you're starting from zero. You're going to have to work a lot harder. Yeah. It's consistency. It's showing up every day and it's having a consistent message and figuring out how are you different so you're not the commodity. That's the key. How are you different? And so I'm
0: talking now to you who's listening to me. You just started your own practice. You're a young lawyer. You've been out of law school a couple of years, but you're really good at doing wills. And trust and estate work. So you don't have a big budget. How are you going to get the word out? Well, you got to spend the money, get a really good, clear, crisp, professional, modern looking website. That's for starters. And then you make sure that you put something out there. You, you know, if you want to be the topic of wills, and every week you're sending out emails or posting something on Wills with your name, you want to associate yourself as the expert in law on wills, and just get it out there. Put it on Facebook. Everything you do, wills, 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 you, you, you. And then ultimately, someone's going to say, I need a will. They're going to say, oh, I see that lawyer out there who keeps putting that out there. Maybe I'll reach out. I, I like the stuff I see. Mm-hmm. That doesn't cost a lot of money. It differentiates yourself. As I'm sitting here today, I can't think of one person, one lawyer's ad I've seen for or on social media or online for wills or trusts in the States because you're probably not even thinking of it, Right in personal injury law, this is extremely competitive. You have a lot of money going into this. We're in New York City here. We have a lot of competition. So we differentiate ourselves by giving out information and staying the course. Another thing I want to share that I have found through my journey with marketing and advertising over the last decade plus that I didn't expect, especially with the TV commercials, is that when you think about advertising to the masses and just to the general public, it's kind of like dropping a line in the ocean, seeing if you catch something. That's one aspect and hoping you catch something good and throwing away all the bad stuff that comes in every day. I mean, we spend probably 99% of the time telling people every day why they don't have a case. That's part of what we have to do in screening our intakes. But the big benefit that I never realized is having other lawyers or my law school classmates, or friends of mine, or parents at my daughter's school say to me, I see your ads all the time. I see you on Facebook. Call me up. I have a case I want to refer to you. That's been the big benefit. It's people who already know you mm-hmm. that start seeing you regularly and saying, oh, I keep seeing my buddy Smiley up there. You know, I see him online. I see him everywhere. I'm going to refer a case to him. I did not anticipate that, mm-hmm. and that is another huge important part of advertising and branding services, is reminding the people that already know you what you're doing, because we all forget, time goes by, we don't know what everyone's doing, and that's really important.
1: Oh, and, and and here's the cool thing, especially, this is the benefit of a service business or a B2B business, because it really, uh, there's so much influence in the, re- in the person-to-person referral. Somebody says, hey, go use Andrew, they're probably gonna go use Andrew. And we forget that everyone knows someone else. How many people does the other, you know, uh, the person at the school or the, you know, or the, you know, the the local networking group, how many people do they know? And if they know what you're doing at all times, even family members, friends, if they know what you're doing at all times, someone within their network will eventually say, hey, I need this who are they going to tell? They're going to say, go to Andrew because you're at the top of their head too. And 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 that's even more powerful.
0: Yeah, It's huge. It's interesting
1: because I'm not the type of person that hands out my card a
0: lot. I don't tell people in social circumstances what I do all the time. I'm just not that type of person. So it's nice that through my marketing, people mm-hmm. know what I do and I don't have to say it. Yep. So I could just be hanging out with them. And they're usually the ones that after hanging out for <laughs> a little bit or we're talking, they be like, oh, you know, by the way, so I yeah, like your commercials. How's that mm-hmm. going? What's that all about? And and so it's a it's a nice way to 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 let people know what you do. Now here we are. We're on the Mentor ESQ the podcast, and this is the newest phase of of our marketing. I mean, we're here talking. we again, it stays with our theme of giving out information. Hopefully, you're listening to us, and uh, you're going to pick up something. It's like when I give my. I lecture a lot with continuing legal education to other lawyers, and I always tell the people and other lawyers in the room, if you pick up one thing when you leave here today that helps you in a courtroom or in handling a case, then it's been worthwhile. It's the same thing with this podcast and and our Did You Know tips. If you pick up something, it's worthwhile, right? Right. So if you're listening and you say, oh, I like that idea for marketing, I'm going to try that. That's a good idea. It's been worthwhile. But it also helps and gaining credibility and in marketing for what I do, right Brian, and that's why we're doing this podcast. The whole idea of the mentor was something that took a little arm twisting for you and your team yeah. to get me to do, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, this is just a continuation of the the game plan that that, you, that we've been working on for over a decade, which is how do we educate and continue to show that you really know your stuff? Like you are an, you are genuinely an expert in this in your field you're best in class, how do we continue to give people the information that they need so that you're not just ask, You're not just handing out a business card to a random person virtually. You're saying, hey, how can I help you? What do you need to know? Here's some information that may be helpful. Because when you really think about it, I, I guarantee that everyone that's listening can think back to a time, whether it was two days ago or 20 years ago, where someone helped you, gave you a bit of information that changed your trajectory in business or in life, gave you a little tip that you are like, oh my gosh, that was so helpful. We can probably all remember those people that gave us that little bit of information that helped us. We remember all those stories. I guarantee you don't remember the tens of thousands of people that have tried to sell you something without giving you any sort of value. You don't remember them. I don't know who they are. I, you know, It happens yep. every day. I don't remember them. You don't remember them. But the people that have helped you along the way, you remember those people, whether you know them personally or you know them today, virtually, digitally. It's the same thing. This is the ability to build relationships and build community and that's where most people go wrong in marketing: is they think it's just transactional. It is transactional. I'm a big believer that marketing dollars need to eventually lead to a transaction. Otherwise, it's just right. a fun project. But when you build relationships, especially in a you know in a B2B or a service based environment, those relationships pay dividends a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. And so, if you wait to do it. It's never going to happen. And so you've been compounding this for years and years and years, and, and that's why you have the credibility. That's why people know who you are, and you're just giving continued information so people don't feel like, oh, Andrew's trying to sell me something. Oh, Andrew's trying to help me. That's a very different relationship.
0: It's interesting. you talk about compounding over the years. It's very hard to see the future when you're starting a marketing campaign or even when you're starting a career as a lawyer. It's very hard to say, I want to be able in 10 years from now or 15 years from now, look back and say, oh, look how this is all added up and helped me. How my marketing has built my brand or how me being a, an honest lawyer in my dealings with my adversaries and making sure that I back up my word. And if I tell them everything's good, you don't need it signed. You have my word. And then I run into that lawyer 15 years from now, and they say, I remember, you were solid to me. You helped me out in that matter, and now I'm going to return the favor. It's very hard when you're in the moment to see that, right? And I finally have started to learn as I'm getting older what wisdom is, and that's wisdom. It's Mm -hmm. when you look at these older people, and especially I love speaking to older lawyers in our profession, and they look back, and they're the the classic old, wise person— that's what wisdom is. It's the benefit of looking back at the years and saying, I did this 20 years ago and in the last 20 years, here's how it's helped me, right? And that's that's really hard to see, especially from a marketing perspective. You're thinking of, all right, I'm going to start this podcast and let's see if it takes. But I'm not thinking five years from now. Mm wow, I've been doing a podcast for five years and now I've built up. It started with 10 listeners, then a hundred more each year. And now it's a thousand listeners. It's very hard to see that. It may not work out, but
1: you've got to give it a shot, right? Absolutely. And here's here's the cool thing. When we're talking about today, we're talking about, you know, social media, digital media, podcasts, Facebook, you know, uh, blog posts, et cetera, media that you do, this information you're giving out where you're not just asking for a transaction, you're educating, right? You're informing people. Here's the difference. You know, the commercials that when you did that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, still a ton of value. But when they aired, what happens? You paid for it to air. People saw it. And then unless you paid for it to air again, they never saw it. The difference is now, this podcast can live on forever. The YouTube videos can live on forever. The social media posts can live on forever. So think about this. You create, you know, you know, these five years worth of content and that one person does that search and says, I need this problem, I have this problem and your podcast shows up, your video shows up, that lasts forever. So it's not the same as buying an ad on TV that's gone once you're done paying for it. This lives on and people search and people find stuff. And so, th- and here's the thing, we're still in such early days of this existing. Think about how this compounds in 10, 20, 30 years from now. Because wow. we're only really 10 years into social media. Yeah, Think about that.
0: That's a really amazing point. It's preserved. Yeah, we're preserving. And I realized that I recorded an episode of The Mentor where I interviewed my father. And we, uh, you know, where this goes out on audio on a podcast, but we also videotape it so you can see it online, our episodes. And afterwards, someone said to me here in your company, they said, you know, what's pretty cool is that you interviewing your dad, you'll have this forever now on video, on audio. And that's when that sort of clicked for me. And to hear you say that again, you're right. I mean, the thought that 20 years from now, what we're talking about today could still be valid. Or maybe they'll be laughing and saying, oh, look at them with microphones. Right you know, Now <laughs> the microphones don't exist anymore. Exactly. You just put a little piece in your ear yeah. and in your mouth and, <laughs> and that's it. But that's a really valid point. And all the more reason that I think you just have to keep moving with advancement, right? And that's, mm-hmm. I speak to people, I tell them about the new podcast that we're doing, the Mentor ESQ and and the older people. And by older, I mean not... Not, you know, 45 and up yeah. saying, oh, what's a podcast? I've heard of that. I don't really listen. How do you get that? How do you listen to it? And the younger people, oh, I love podcasts, right? Yeah. I'm, that's all I listen to now. So that's where having a good marketing guru, where I am so fortunate to have Brian, is – to tell you that, so you may know it already. Kudos if you do, but if you don't, it's important not to get stuck in your ways. To speak to people, to speak to people younger than you. Yeah. What's the new thing? What, how are people getting their information so that you can deliver it that
1: way, right? Yeah, we have we have to operate in the way that uh, the context of the way the world works today. And I think where, where I see challenges, whether we're talking you know Fortune 100 companies or you know or startups, is people just get caught in the way things have been or the way that they would like it to be. And so, well, you know, my demographic typically watches TV. You know, we had a very extremely large client uh, that uh, I had met. They were with one of the biggest ad agencies in the entire world. And they had said, you know, our demographic is really high household income males that are over the age of 55. They're not on Facebook. and I said, oh, that's not true. Like they are absolutely on Facebook. And then we, you know, we ran a test with them. We showed them that you absolutely can get in front of them. And it's actually more effective and efficient. It was just that they had made the assumption that the world hasn't changed. They're still operating the way the world was 20 years ago. Instead of saying, look, it doesn't doesn't matter. It's going to evolve whether I want it to or not. It's going to change whether I say it or, you know, if I like it or I don't like it. So just look, how are things changing? We all know everyone's on their phones obviously the younger the the demographic, the more they're on the phone, but everyone's on their phone. My grandmother's on her phone. She uses apps like she's 80, almost 90 Uh years old. Like it's, it's everyone to at least some extent. And so we just have to say, what's the message that I have? Who am I trying to talk to? What do they want and need? How do I tell them that? And then where are they spending their time and their focus? And how do I tell them that there? That's it. I mean, really, like whether that applies in 1950, that applies in 2025. It applies at all time frames. It's just we, I think, overcomplicate marketing and get so caught up in the tactics and the weeds of it instead of just saying, "Hey, what do people need to hear? And what's different about you? And what's your story? And who do we need to who do we need to tell that to? And where are they? And then do that."
0: Yep, yep. Now, not everybody can be a social media star, and Brian. For those who don't know Brian, check out his contact information in the description and just Google Brian Cristiano or look at uh, Bold Worldwide. And you'll see Brian has a huge following on social media with thousands of people that follow him quite a bit. And he's very free with himself and his business and his family and posts a lot. And it's pretty cool. You can see online with him, with Alex Rodriguez on his jet and at his place with JLo. And, you know, Brian, you're you're the real deal. And people come and 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 they listen to you and you give lectures. And, you know, when I see you doing all this stuff, I say, I can't do that. I'm a very personal person. I can't post left and right. And that's still a struggle I have. I don't even have an Instagram account yet. And how can I be relevant on social media if I'm just... If, I don't, if I'm don't, if i not the type that wants to post all the time and I can't do it the way that you do it and I can't have film crews following me and do it that way, what do you say to me? What do you say to someone? I know, fortunately, I have your company and you guys can post stuff for me and I don't need to do it. But how does someone that isn't tech savvy, someone that isn't as comfortable with posting things all the time on social media, who doesn't have a big budget, how can they still, how can the lawyers listening that are in that group, which I would imagine there's most of them are that, mm-hmm how can they stay relevant and still utilize the new ways of communicating with others
1: think about it this way where is the biggest impact because you there's a you know there's dozens of social media channels you can get on snapchat if you want but is is that the the right place for you it, you know, think about it from the perspective again. Where are your clients? Where are your customers? Where do they spend their time? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Facebook? Is it uh, you know, is it, it is it a local gathering in your? Uh, it doesn't have to even be digital. Is it a local gathering once a month in your area? Where is it, or is it all of those? And then say, well, what's going to have the biggest impact? Okay, maybe it's LinkedIn. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's a combination. Pick the one that's going to have or you believe that's going to have the most impact and focus there first. And then what I would say is just ask yourself, and if you have clients already, ask some of them if you if you have a relationship where you could talk to them and say, hey, why did you come to us? Hey, what do you like about us? What's What do you think is different about us than the other people that you spoke to? Because some people like you, and I'm actually curious, but some people like yourself in your firm, you always either intuitively knew or you figured out at some point you know, a decade ago that you're differentiators. A lot of businesses, a lot of, uh, especially, you know, solo entrepreneurs, they don't really know what their differentiator is. It, it feels overwhelming sometimes. And so what I say in that case is ask other people, ask your customers, ask your clients, ask the people that know you, ask your cohorts, and they'll tell you. They say, oh, hey, it's that you're always on time. It's always that you're fast. It's always that you you know, take the extra mile, that you care about this. And it's sometimes not, again, the tactical stuff that we do as a business. Sometimes it's ancillary. Like your whole purpose of you're family oriented. You This is a family business for, for 50 years. This is, you care so much. That's a real differentiator and people care about that. People want that from you. And so what I would say, if you're listening is, Ask people, what's the differentiator? Why do you like us? Why, do you, you know, why would you come to me? And then focus in on t- talking about that on that one main channel that you've decided, this is where those people are listening and or watching or paying attention or showing up. And this is what they care about. I'm just gonna talk about that as much as I can. And don't worry about trying to make it perfect or get it right out of the gate because consistency is the key. And guess what? after you do it for a month, two months, three months, six months, you're going to learn so much more. And you're going to, if you listen and you pay attention, you'll be so much better at it as time goes on. And so I would just say, start doing it as soon as you can. This doesn't need to be a week, a month, a year long project. It means, Hey, today, make some calls, find out, you know, the information, why people, what the differentiator is, or if you know it, and then think about or ask again, where are your clients or potential clients spending their time, energy and money and then go, great, I'm going to pick this channel that has the most impact, and I'm going to talk about this. And I'm going to talk about that until I learn there's something more or better to talk about. And then you add it in. That's it. Don't overthink it. Just move forward. You will learn more, especially if you're starting out, you will learn more by doing that than by trying to come up with the perfect plan. I want
0: to talk budget a little bit because that's really a big concern of most lawyers. I'm sure people are listening now saying, this all sounds great, but I can't do all that myself and it's going to be way too expensive to hire someone. And an analogy I would give if it's appropriate, which is I'm curious, Brian, your take is some people say to me, listen, if I can settle my own case, why do I need you as a lawyer? Who's going to take one third of whatever I can get when I can settle it and get the whole thing myself. And I always say, because we're going to get you a lot more than even after our fee, it's still going to be worthwhile. And it makes a lot of sense. And we're going to protect you and make sure you don't do yourself harm in how you handle the case. I'm curious if someone says, listen, I could probably free up a thousand bucks a month to really invest in my marketing. And I know it's not a lot of money and I'm sure Smiley spends more and he's got this big fancy marketing company that works for him. For that thousand bucks, should I just, you know, invest it on my own with paid per, you know, pay per click listings and directories, or should I give that to find a marketing firm? Are they even ones out there that would take such a small retainer. Is it worth my, how should I spend my money? Should I spend it on a company who can do this stuff for me? Mm. Should I try and do it myself? Can you give some guidance on
1: budget and when you are limited, the smart way to do it? Yes, this is what I would say. There are, you know, in in my industry, it's a commodity too. There's there's probably a thousand tiny little agencies that'll, you know, work with micro small businesses and take a couple hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month. But here's the thing, with that, are they gonna give you impact for your $1,000 or 500 bucks or 200 bucks? From what I see, probably not. I'm not saying all of them, but it's gonna be very far and few between. What I would say is if you've got, let's say, let's call it $1,000, I would say, how can I hire an intern or an entry-level person or a part-time person that might not be the biggest expert but it maybe younger or you know has some opportunity or starting off but they are more educated in this than i am and they've they, you know they want to learn and grow and they've got an opportunity and they can bring something to the table where there's exponential upside for them and for me i would go down that route and bring someone in again intern or part time or you know, i don't know if that's you can do that full time anywhere in the states anymore you know $1000 a month but you can find someone that can help you where now they're dedicated to your business. While you can say, hey, this is the goal. This is what I'm trying to achieve. Can you help me? And then have them focus on achieving that goal with you. So they're gonna learn a little bit and so are you, but you're gonna get exponentially more impact than taking that $1,000 and trying to pay for you know for, for some Facebook ads yourself because you're not gonna be good at it, no offense, or you know trying to hire an outside agency. They're just not gonna have, there's not a lot you can do with $1,000 today. I would say that would be number one they can write emails for you. They can do the Facebook posts. They can help you with videos. It's, 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 you know, that there's so much more that you can do starting from there. I would say if you have, you know, 500 bucks or less, look, I would do two things. One, I would start make, writing my own content. I would just carve out a handful of hours a week. And I would say, hey, I'm going to write emails. I'm going to write blog posts, you know, once or twice a week. I'm going to write them myself. And maybe I'm going to pay a couple of those dollars to a you know uh, you know a copywriter or somebody to just polish it up, make sure it looks good. If I'm not the best writer in the world, to just punch it up a little bit, find somebody for fifty bucks, a hundred bucks to do that. And then I would, if I'm a, if, if I feel somewhat comfortable on camera, I would take out my cell phone and I would do videos once a week and I would post that. And then I'd spend, you know, the balance of that on maybe boosting a little bit of post on a Facebook or a LinkedIn. If you're comfortable learning that a little bit, if not, then, you know, again, just focusing some of the effort and that money onto, you know, where are you a good writer? Are you good on video? Are you good on audio? And just focusing on that. And if you've got more than a thousand dollars, then you can start to look at, hey, maybe it's time to start investing in outside source, right? And that's just gonna depend on where you are in the world. It, where, you know, if you're New York City, uh, $1,500 is probably not gonna find somebody, but that might somewhere in, you know else in, in, in the country. So you just have to kind of look at, you know what can you accomplish? Who can you hire? What other partners or agencies or whoever can help you with that? I would look at it that way, right? I think people get so caught up and worried about the budget that they don't take steps forward Or they think there's only one solution. Hey, I only have 500 bucks. I'm just gonna find a cheap ad agency that can do it versus saying, why don't I get an intern to help me or outsource, find some writer on, you know, online, like on upwork.com or something and find some writer that can write a couple articles for me. And there's just so much more that people can do. You just have to get creative with it. I think that's great advice. And, you know, so many younger people
0: are so much more comfortable with social media and posting that. They don't have to have a skill, a separate skill set. It's just innate and natural. So if you're a young lawyer, you may ask your friends, hey, can you do this so I can focus on it? I'll pay you a little bit on the side. If you're an older lawyer, you may look for hiring an intern or ask the younger people in your family or you know anybody you know want to do some part-time work for me or intern or learn a little bit about the law while they're doing it. I think that's a brilliant idea to do
1: that. And guess what, especially in your industry, how many how many attorneys are currently working on getting their degree that need to get hours in yeah. a law firm yep. that then you could also pay them a little extra on the side to then also help with some of your communications. They're younger, they maybe they understand both sides of it. They need the hours on the legal side and they would be willing to to work on this other side because maybe they're they're good at it or they also like social media or they also like marketing a little bit. There's probably thousands of them in every university that uh, that has a uh, law degrees. So where did you get law- your law degree? Go back to the go back yeah. to the firm, even if it's been forty years. Yeah. Uh, go back to the, the university. Yeah. I guarantee you can get someone that way. That's a
0: great idea, and I can tell you as someone that hires lawyers and young lawyers, if I were to look at a resume and I'm trying to decide between two young attorneys to hire. And one of them has on the resume, oh, I spent a summer at this firm and they list charge of social media marketing for this law firm. I'd be like, yeah, Uh, you know, they have that on the resume. Hey, that'd be great. We can have them run to court for us and we can have them work on our blog posts all for the same salary. That's a great point.
1: And they're probably going to be happier because they like it, obviously, you know,
0: right. That's a great point. That's a great point. Lastly, before we wrap up, I want to talk about a form of advertising and marketing that doesn't cost anything and that I try and stress throughout this podcast is getting involved in organizations and trying to lecture in your field. Both of those things should not cost you anything. As a lawyer, I'm constantly giving continuing legal education courses. It's a way For more people to see me, to hear me, to have my brand out there. I join organizations and groups. It's a way to again just be out there. People know what I do. People know what you do. And it's the same that I know, Brian, that you do, right? In the marketing field and in whatever field you are. You're constantly lecturing. You're constantly meeting with people. I've been to some of your seminars and it's filled with people with like. They've got their notebook out and they're writing down everything you're saying because you're saying, this is how you close a deal. This is how you market your services. And they're listening and they know that they're going to work on it. But when the time comes where they have a bigger project or they need something, they're going to go to you,
1: right? So it's another way to put yourself out there. It's it's free marketing, right? Oh, it's free, it's free marketing. And here's the benefit that I actually didn't anticipate out of doing this myself, because you're right, I'm constantly doing workshops and boot camps and seminars and keynotes. It does a few things. For me, right? For people saying, well, how do I create all this content? Well, if I'm already out speaking, well, there's content, right? If I'm doing a workshop, there's content. So it's doubling as I'm actually doing it there and then it gets uploaded, somebody videos it. Again, if you don't have a budget, have someone hold an iPhone, it doesn't matter. It, like the quality today on an iPhone is better than probably what you and I were shooting yeah, on 12, 14 yeah, years ago. absolutely. Right, so so one, you get double the amount of content and it lives on forever, assuming that you can film it. So that's number one benefit. The second benefit is let's say that you're in a room where, okay. Like when I'm talking or I'm speaking in a room about marketing, there's probably one to 5% of that room typically that are probably qualified potential customers. The rest of the room are oftentimes like young entrepreneurs. They want to learn from me, which I love. Like I truly, I, I personally get something out of that. So I love it and would do it anyway. But it's not like the whole room is filled oftentimes with potential prospects. Right. But here's the thing. Number one, all those other people, they know someone who works at a company who could be a potential client, like you said before about the referrals thing. So you're continuing to educate more people about, wow, I saw Brian speak. I saw Bull does this. My wife or my husband works at XYZ company and they were looking for that. That's actually happened to us. So, you know, there's, there's benefit there. And then the other piece is, I've hired a lot of those entrepreneurs or young people that were in those rooms. Then they've come up to me after, "Hey, I really love everything you're talking about. I would love to work for you. What you know? How, how can I help?" I've hired a bunch of those people. And so it's also a recruiting opportunity for you. And the last thing I would say that that is a hidden benefit is it keeps you on your toes, it keeps you up to date, it yeah. makes you sharp, and the more that you know this, the more that you speak, the more that you do podcasts, the more that you do videos, the better you get at it. Yep. Don't scroll all the way down to my first video on YouTube, it is horrible. <laughs> But the only way to get where you're really comfortable and good at it is to just do it more. You have to, it's repetition. So much benefit from doing it. There is no downside to putting yourself out there and doing speaking engagements and, and lectures.
0: Technology now makes things, makes marketing so much easier because, like you said, you used to need to hire a video camera and a crew and you used to pay and put it up on TV to get someone to see you. Now, all you need is your iPhone and you could do a selfie video and upload it to the internet and there you go. So, it's being creative mm. and taking advantage of technology to get yourself out there. And ultimately, that's what you have to do. That's what marketing is, right? And that's what branding is getting yourself out there consistently
1: consistently with the message of why you're different that resonates with why your potential clients want to work with you. Brian, thank you so much
0: for joining me on this episode of the Mentor ESQ. I hope everybody was able to get something out of this and do something when you leave this podcast. Go try try something different outside of your comfort zone and just see what kind of feedback you're getting. And, uh, and it's fun too, you know, right, Brian? It's a uh, it's, it's nice. I'm always practicing law and dealing with stress and the cases and the courtroom and the judges and the adversaries. And it's nice to be able to, you know, be in a profession where you can bring other elements into it and doing marketing and podcasts. It's, 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 more, it's a little bit of fun.
1: Too. This is, it should be enjoyable. I yeah. mean, you know, because if you, if you do this for a living, you know, hopefully you really love what you do. And so it's an opportunity to take a small step back and and look at it from a, a different perspective and enjoy it and have some fun with it.
0: Well, as always, you can contact me. My information's posted, uh, you email, call me with any questions. Brian's information uh, is here as well. You can always reach out to Brian for marketing questions. And I thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Mentor ESQ. If you enjoyed it, I'd extremely appreciate it if you give us a good review and rating. If you'd share this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and classmates, I'm Andrew Smiley, and this is The Mentor, ESQ.